0: And welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a podcast with no boilerplate intro and I think we're kind of hitting the bottom of the barrel in terms of things we can invent on the spot. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to talk about how to make people care. Probably in the context of care about a thing we made or a thing that we want them to talk about, but also like, just how to get them care about you?
1: Not in a stalky way though. <laughs>
0: Because it's what. What does that mean? Like caring about someone means like, or something means you have gotta sort of make space for it. How to get people to make space for your thing in their lives?
1: Mm. You know? That's a good way of putting it. I think if somebody cares for something, it means that they would choose to act in some way, make a choice that goes in favour of that thing.
0: Mm. And it's, maybe it's you're giving them. It gives them energy as well. It gives them energy to care about the thing that you. Want them to care about, but yeah, like, and we'll see how, how, what the things that we care about, what makes us care about them. We can probably sort of have a think about. We don't, we're coming into this with no thoughts on the su- immediate <laughs> thoughts on the subject. We just kind of thought, like, what, what what's the next thing that needs figuring out? So yeah. that's what this is about. We're figuring out stuff by having a chat about it. How are you feeling after? How is it? How are you feeling after that? I know. I know. I made that. I, I I came in with some down energy this morning. How are you feeling now that we've had a chat for an hour?
1: Uh, I'm feeling. Uh, I managed to avoid it infecting me. There was a moment where there was a chance it was gonna. I was gonna let it in, but I didn't. I put up my hmm. shield. But i was like my i'm learning things from my child we go to the playground she goes now we must put on our superhero clothes and then we have to like mime putting on a superhero outfit um it's nice hanging out with a three nearly four year old life's much simpler <laughs> <laughs> when when you have to dress up as spider-man and then put your sparkly headband over the spider-man head <laughs> and get your she's got a spider-man head she's got a spider-man f- all whole outfit man
0: I had all I could all I had was the Spider-Man pajamas and I would have given anything for the flipping. What's the point of it without the mask? She's got the mask. It is a hand me down. Thank you, Sean. Does it have built in abs?
1: Yeah, it's got built in (laughs) muscles, uh, abs and arms right she looks really hardcore with it except she literally put on then a glittery headband over the top of it (laughs) and got her phone and then she was like going what was that victoire is stuck in a lift (laughs) we must go (laughs) so we had to go around the house rescuing her friends from nursery right but yes i i put on my invisibility superhuman uh, superhero cloak i think the fact that the incredibles is a family of superheroes is a great thing from a for a little girl because both right. the mummy and the, you know, there is a sister and a brother and a mummy and a daddy, and they're all superheroes. So there's a role for everyone to play. <laughs> there's not, mm. So I think she's uh, she's well into that. Though she does like, I don't, I don't know where she's seen or experienced Spider-Man, but Spider-Man gets... Quite a regular, it's kind of outing. just in the
0: air, isn't it? I don't yeah. even know. like. I guess there was the cartoon, but I don't even know how much we were watching telly. I don't. We weren't allowed to watch that much telly. When no, we knew that's she's definitely thing.
1: not seen. But she saw, We went to cinema to see. There's children's cinema on a Saturday morning, so she's been to see The Incredibles. Um, right. She also has got a dinosaur outfit that there was a lot of clothes change this week is there's been a lot of changing of outfits which is <laughs> quite tiresome um but yes uh so i'm yeah i'm feeling good actually I, I had such a good night's sleep that i'm still very happy and then on the subject of how to maintain enthusiasm i know that's not the subject for today and ev- avoid drugs i must say that a really strong cup of coffee in the morning does wonders for my ha- for my <laughs> happiness that's, a,
0: that's a, just uh just a. just and pedantic note, that's yeah. not technically avoiding drugs.
1: No, no, that's what I mean. It's <laughs> <Okay>. not. <laughs> it's like, whilst I am all happy, no, no, no. I find that strong black coffee helps. <laughs> Apparently, it's some th- if you believe Chinese medicine, it's to do with the bitterness.
0: <laughs> okay, and not the actual drug. No, that's not to do you with happiness. St- mm, oh, oh, well, okay,
1: fine. <sighs> so, Michael, how are you feeling after your, you know, the kickoff of today's conversation where you were definitely not feeling good
0: uh overwhelmed scared you know all those kinds of things but uh but my um emotional core has hardened up a bit again yeah so just in the spirit of of how to where to go next it's yeah I wanted to talk about the that how to overcome that apathy did uh, it, this did week
1: it, did it really help you that I didn't ask you any questions or show much sympathy but rather talked at you for an hour (laughs) because that's what I did listen to me Uh, I don't
0: I don't know how much I was hearing it either so I'm I'll have a good listen to it again when I edit and then again when I listen back and hopefully it will go in like by the time I've kind of like been over it a couple more times because at the time of experiencing it was just like there was a lot of but I can't, but I can't, but I don't know how to, but I'm scared, but oh, I hate this, everyone's horrible, I hate the world, I just want to leave. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that in my brain that I was trying not to just sort of like, yeah. Let out. <laughs> Both put something in the world this week, and actually, I don't know why I was like. You've got some really good numbers. I don't know why I they didn't seem to. You
1: didn't seem to mean care.
0: anything when I looked at them this morning. It was like whatever, nine hundred. It's like no, that's a lot of shares for a. That's a lot of views. Like nearly like over a thousand people have listened to you. May ask them to do something, and that is loads. It is loads.
1: I was. what is interesting, though, from the subject of getting anything to get any traction is none of these platforms talk to each other. You have to upload separate versions. You have to do different subtitling. you, can't, you all have all got
0: t- different types of users. Like They've all got different contexts yeah. as well. Might. So you sort of have to do slightly different things for the different platforms.
1: Yeah, which maybe is a good thing, but like I'm not you know, Coca-Cola. <laughs> I can't afford to do. <laughs> it's just like, is this one thing? And then I have to, like, add up all the different views. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it's, actual um, sums. Instead of having one magic number, I can go, ta look at me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, th- thinking a lot about Douglas Rushkoff. To, Rushkoff has been talking a lot about how we're obsessed with growth as a society, society and how... Like colonialism was what kind of got the ball rolling on that. Like let's extract value from people in, in, in a wider and wider physical radius. And now that has turned into our, all our time and attention being harvested by social media platforms, that none of which are really being optimised for what's good for us. It's all about this idea of growth, of extracting the value of our attention, turning that into debt-based Uh, Wealth and letting the investors skim it off the top, and then turn that into fucking property investments in the middle of big cities, which subsequently drive out us. Um, And like we're this this cycle of like the apps that we look at, the platforms—they're not really they're not really put together with our best interests at heart and like I really liked the the original iPhone launch how Google and Apple were working together to kind of make something that I thought wow I really love that they're doing what I need and then before long of course it was like Google Maps got had to get taken off and YouTube app had to, you know, all this, you, yeah. all this stuff start, is diverging and kind of turning into separate entities that now you got to pick one or the other. And, and it's all very well to just because Apple sort of got there first and were able to have the initial monopoly meant they were able to do that. It's not necessarily a safer thing, but we're, we're this is the world we're in, isn't it? And so it means if you want to put something on the internet and not make I don't want my Instagram for blank state to look anemic and empty i don't, I need my YouTube to have a proper title and thing. I need every platform that I put something on I can't just put it on and without context, like the Facebook page needed to have Facebooky stuff done, the YouTube thing had to have a bit of youtube stuff done it's like um yeah I, I'm kind of thinking about that debt based economy that we're in
1: the growth thing
0: but it's all about showing growth
1: that extinction rebellion i watched that video that i told you about the other day that got me very depressed because i'd only watched half of it (laughs) then i'll watch Mm. the other half you know you only need a very small percentage of people to be actively engaged in a thing to create change or because so she used the figures I should have got the figures. I haven't got my notepad with me, but um, I think it's one or two percent of society to be actively engaged
0: in pursuing something is enough to create to push for the change. Did that? Did, what did we get? For, what about the Brexit march? That seems like a good percent. Um, if it was well, no, it wasn't. No. If it, but if there was a, a few hundred thousand people,
1: well, that's not. You know, it's like there the, had to
0: be five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand people for it to be one percent.
1: That's true. But then the stop the war was a million. Mm. I don't know. Then sounds like bullshit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to turn the the growth based economy into a like. What? Why do I care about? I don't know. It's a bit spurious, but. Well, I care about that because it puts a lens on my experience that makes it make sense. It gives me an understanding, which is why I want to tell people about it. Mm. Like this fact that we've got we've got automation is more, more than... We should be getting leisure time from all this automation and technology, not have to work even harder to stay afloat. And if someone's saying to me, look, it's this it's the nature of our money system that is fundamentally flawed and based it's on a centuries old paradigm that is completely obsolete now that's something i can point at and go right that's a huge problem it suddenly like puts everything into perspective so in a way yeah. that is novel as well yeah like if it wasn't novel then why would i care so i
1: sent my video to a banker that i know who's Mm. high enough up in the banking world that gets invited to parliamentary things and what have you Mm. and he brought to my attention a woman called sarah breeden who Mm. is the executive director of international bank supervision and she did a talk for a speech they called it she has oversight of the bank of england's work enhancing the financial systems reliance to climate change. A lot of her talk says she's talking about the effects of climate change and specifically in the world of uh, financiers and the financial institutions. So it's from a Bank of England's mandate from their point of view and one of their big problems is that what they're trying to avoid is that there's a sort of acceptance that we're going to have to adapt to climate change uh, in Mm. order to make you know like there's two sides of it we're going to have to change in order to prevent or limit the effects of climate change and the problem is that it's most likely to happen at the point where there's no choice Mm. at which case there will be chaos and there will be you know that's when revolutions happen and when things fall down but if we adapt gradually it can be much more controlled and much less destructive to the Mm. to the change in our systems which you know you could you can sit in a pub and argue either side of that coin but one of the things that it says in here is about how the financial industry makes decisions based on pressure from investors so the, the only reason they would care about climate change, for example, is mm. if it affects their percentage they can earn
0: mm. on a
1: thing. And they have a responsibility. A lot of these financial sector, a lot of these companies have a responsibility to make decisions that are, at the moment, they are only being asked to deliver a percent increase on investment. They are not being asked to deliver a percent increase on investment and climate health they don't care because it doesn't affect them they're not being asked to do Mm -hmm. that they're not being told to do that and the way to make them care is for the people who are the current beneficiaries to change what they're asking for so there are conversations about climate change happening in the financial sector much of the financial industry it's only tasked with delivering a percent increase on investment yeah that might be short term yeah. long term whatever that's what yeah. it's been tasked yeah. with so therefore that's what it cares about the only yeah. place change can come from is if the beneficiaries of that percentage say yes i want a percent increase yeah. and i want climate health so please stop investing in oil and gas. Right.
0: Yeah. So what I wasn't sure about was it, it. So is that something that is happening then?
1: That those are conversations happening in talks. They are speeches being given by the Bank of England. At So you can Google this. This is in the public domain. Mm. The, this woman called Sarah Breeden uh, published a speech that's called The Shared Response to Climate Change, Turning Momentum into Action.
0: So she's trying to convince the people with the money to take more responsibility.
1: She's basically laying out that the financial risks of doing nothing are really high.
0: Right. Because that's and the other like, thing okay. they
1: manage. You know, if you're being tasked with delivering a percent increase, I'm very, I'm kind of simplifying the financial industry, but you know, I give my money to an investor because I want some money, um, more, I want more money. Uh, she's saying that the, the risk column in your investment portfolio is going you know going up to red because uh, of of impending climate change and the way to reduce that risk is to start responding now and to change now mm-hmm. um so that that change can be more controlled
0: and, and i guess they they have slightly more long-termist views than the politicians you talked yes. about
1: which because you know going back to how to make people care about a thing so i think you have to show how it affects them yeah you know like what did you say it doesn't you know you said about my num the numbers on that video for you today it's like didn't mean a lot because you know it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) it means a lot to me because it's like a it's like a recognition of some work Mm. doesn't really mean that I've done anything or achieved anything it just means that I've got a number that says well done Ivanka
0: So how would you know how 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 to make me as an individual care about climate change? Is it's not straightforward because the immediate threats are flooding and it getting warmer here. Neither of which feel particularly urgent. No, but like. I mean if you don't like refugees.
1: <laughs> yeah, that I mean I think that's a like, thing. There's going to be more of them.
0: That's going to be a thing that yeah. a way to kind of get people to care about it. It's like but I don't think it's a good premise. To, to no. <laughs> like, no, no, no. But if you're worried about people coming here to escape, you know, unlivable conditions, then You know, that's going to happen. It's hard to see the connections. It's like, how do you get people to understand? Like, when you have an idea about how you're going to change the world, Mm. you've come through a few steps and it's sort of quite disconnected. People need to be guided from... Like through those steps again in order to connect it back yeah. to either yeah. well to their own existence I think you've got to kind of guide people from where they are to the thing you care about in terms of but then we've talked about like the reason that you want someone else to care about something doesn't have to be the same reason you care about it no but then that's I don't know how you even do that I,
1: I mean I think climate change, so one of the bits of feedback I got from a friend who I said here's my monologue I'm not changing I'm still I'm doing a monologue Mm. do you think I could change it and his response was you know one way that I think it could have more impact uh, it was the you know the bit about not wanting to live in a world where no clean water or we all have to live in the sky it all seems very remote yeah so I was like go on then Mm. (laughs) it's like it's like like clean water that's them that's not us that's somebody else Mm. is gonna have that problem and then I was like have you got any concrete suggestions (laughs) and he was like uh, he's a father as well you know so he's like i was just thinking about what would affect what i fear for my son and i was like couldn't come up with that i was like what about can't swim in the sea coastal towns disappearing bigger storms um and it was like it's actually quite hard to come up with short-term threats Mm. but you see the thing that freaked me out, my, so I was watching watching that video the other day. You know, you said you hadn't really internalised what one and a half degrees means. Mm. Um, I was wa- I was watching this video and she's talking about the fact that, like, once the polar ice caps melt, right, the the, the water's going to rise, right? Yeah, check floods. Yeah, rising. Yeah, freezing, so, so. but also we go from having this big white surface on the planet to having a large dark blue surface on the planet which instead of reflecting the sun's heat away will Mm. absorb and keep So not just bring it in but it will hold on will big large volumes of water hold on to heat Mm. so we could end up in this like we you know this spirally trigger event where it's sort of like it could accelerate in ways that we don't understand yeah so for me personally the thing that freaks me out the most is this idea that we're really close to a tipping point the effects of which we don't know so for me it's actually the lack of concrete examples that f- freaks me out more than the concrete examples because yeah. you know we put out david cameron went yeah yeah let's have a referendum look where we are
0: yeah, yeah, like just
1: literally the day before that referendum, the country was pl- plodding along. You know, yeah. a large percentage of the population were clearly quite pissed off. But we learnt that, hmm. and now we're just in this tumbling, ever-growing chaos. <laughs>
0: So one way to get people to care is to show them a threat. Yes. So you're like the climate thing is in terms of threat. I think um I think that kind of refugees thing, you know, it's quite cool to be scared of refugees at the moment, isn't it? So that would have been a good one to uh It's <laughs> getting quite popular at the moment. <laughs> it is uh, yes. complaining about immigration and refugees. <laughs> like if you can sort of show people a threat and give uh, a face to a feeling or even not a face give form to a fear yeah then people will focus their attention on that form because the abstract fear that they're feeling or discomfort now can be focused on something that can be talked about
1: yeah i think it's the climate change one is still very still is feels very distant and scary when you're talking to people so I'm I'm mindful of a conversation that we had recently with somebody Uh, we were talking about the fact that the EU said something about wood burners and how by 2030 I I haven't actually looked it up despite the conversation I was going to and they were like well I won't be here and there's a bit of that as well Um, how do you make somebody act based on a future event that may not even happen whilst they're alive yeah, And for somebody like me, I don't have any problem with that because if I can't picture anybody else, I picture my child. And I just think, no. <laughs> I and mean, that's how it works for me. So I've got this actual tangible human that I can think of.
0: And what did radicalise you?
1: I don't know. I think I've always been... But for climate change or just yeah. generally. I'm not sure I'm radicalised. <laughs> radicalised... <laughs> radicalized, I think... I think I, it's my imagination. <laughs> yeah. I think it's simply, it's to me, it has always been possible to imagine the the, the imaginary scenario has been enough for me to empathize. Don't yeah. know. I don't know. I really don't. It's like, you know, I told you the first time I learned, like, I, I imagined how big the universe was and it totally freaked me out. Mm. And I was like, don't die, daddy. Because suddenly, I suddenly realized how quickly everything was going to go. It's just pure down to my... Like I can get up as upset about something that I imagine as I can about something that is real.
0: Well, apparently we can't tell the difference between things we've imagined emotionally to what has actually happened. I think that makes sense. <laughs> you kind of like picture something through in your head, and like you can sort of still have the emotional re- reactions to that. That's why it's important to visualize what you want. <laughs>
1: well i um well, i mean I, we've had this conversation for sure but you know that walking down the street having an imaginary conversation with somebody and i i yeah. can get physically angry mm. and it's not even they're not even <laughs> at them yeah. and they've not even said anything they're not even there yeah. they're in my yeah, head you know so isn't it i think it's or maybe it's about taking the time to imagine i think the hardest hardest thing about something like climate change is that it Terrifying is not a, an exaggerated word to use mm-hmm. really and i i think I think that's the problem with like the you know a no deal brexit is that you know i like i have a an l a degree of faith in the British civil service, certainly not you know not necessarily the British government, but that the actual civil servants i imagine are doing everything they can to make sure that we are not without the things that we need, but things are unpredictable. We all learn in history classes, like you know how hyperinflation and the Germans and da, 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 mm. and then Second World War, la la la. la she says, summarising history very quickly. Uh-huh. But you know, you had Tito died in nineteen eighty one. By nineteen ninety one, the country was at war.
0: The problem of an imagination, then, is it like, and I think that's one of the things I was trying to do with my first blank state video is just like flesh out my imagination a little bit to kind of not make people have to do too much work themselves. And even if that means that I kind of like answered too many questions in the process, it's like, how do you get people to start visualizing that thing? The other thing I've just written down is attention.
1: You have to invite people, give them the space, or uh you used the word space earlier you know how to get people to make the time and space in their lives to give something the attention to be able to imagine a bad you know some a scenario that they want to either find or avoid and i think one of the things that is absolutely um you know shown up in these brexit results is the fact that if if a country's living under austerity and an excessively large percentage of the population is really focused on trying to survive Mm. like you know rightly then they've got there is no space for the attention to be given some future event that's beyond working out how to make the three pound 50 you've got left for the week last there's no denying that this is a fact. What did that UN report say? One in five people in the country are living in abject poverty. Yeah, that's a lot of people who have no. The I watched this. I watched the beginning of a talk by um, Emma Hardy. I think she's a Labour MP. She was like, people are exhausted by poverty in this
0: yeah. country. And that was, you know, I did I did that poverty poverty stigma thing, the, yeah, the think yeah, nation yeah, yeah. thing, and that then meant that okay, I care about poverty now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I always have, but now when I see people doing poverty stigma stuff, yeah, I've got to take a big deep breath and like call them out on it and have an annoying conversation and Just make it, everyone yeah, yeah. feel a bit bummed out for a minute. Like, yeah, the downside to caring about something is now you've got. To- <laughs> have miserable conversations with yeah. all the people that haven't realised yet. You know, like, you're suddenly, you're out of the in-group. Yeah. Like, if, it's, if you care about something different, like, you want to see that there are people there the thing that you care about so I guess just being in a theatre full of people that are thinking about poverty stigma is it that the fact that I know there are a few other people at least that are thinking about this that gives me the strength to the not feel like I'm alone in trying to bring someone into this group I guess yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. you're not alone like this like, is a
0: group yeah. social proof you know yeah. I
1: was thinking about football Mm. <laughs> i remember reading a study that says that however happy you feel when your team wins it doesn't make up for how bad you feel when they lose like it's right. it's not too it's not an equal scale but you know people are able to give this football thing their attention or sports yeah. in general yeah. which you know definitely well, groups yeah i mean i joke with nick that politics because i've always been interested in politics in a way that he hasn't and when there's an election on, i go listen it's my world cup now and so if i'm gonna yeah. sit here all night refreshing twitter and that, that's what's no, that's that's what's happening it's the final of the world cup all right that's your analogy but it's mm. like you see the nice thing about even though there are obviously some football supporters that take this to extreme and it can make people very unhappy and happy um ultimately it's meaningless so you can watch a match you can get very happy or very angry and then you can go back to your life and it's not going to make any difference Mm. positive or negative it's safe yeah like carry you know what i mean like it's safe in that it's not going to affect your survival in any way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever you can the result. Sort of
0: go, you can go, ah, I'm furious, and then you can go, the next day you can be like, whatever. Yeah, like, whatever. Well, what really we having, I've got to go to work now. Got to Seeming no one broke your legs on the way home. <laughs> Caring about something is an implicit commitment to, I don't know, engaging with it, like yeah. when, it when it comes up. Whereas... Environmental stuff. I, I feel like I, I've, you've been just bullying me into caring about it over the course of sixty episodes. Whatever works, Michael. Um, <laughs> it's like I don't want to. I still don't want to. Like, and I still don't. I still don't feel any greater sense of power other than that. And maybe I could just not lose a point on done good. Like, that's it's the only thing that. <laughs> but yeah, no no but it's not true that's... it's not true like it is
1: but so what if it is true like uh, listen to john barnes there was a video of him on uh, good morning britain or itv whatever mm. and uh, he was talking about racism in football because recently there's been another thing mm. where someone shouted and he was like just because people have stopped shouting doesn't mean they're not racists mm. anymore But the net result is that we've stopped people shouting at football Mm. matches, you know, Mm. or chucking bananas at black players, which is a thing that football fans seem to find a way of expressing their racism. Um, But that's not solving the problem.
0: I mean, the the solution to the problem of racism is ultimately a suppression of a sort of animal instinct, isn't it? So I think express it in its. I think there's this backlash against the fact that it's a bit of energy to go no wait a minute that's just me being like jumping to conclusions, maybe Racist. having stereotypes. Yeah. it's easy to kind of paint people in stereotypical terms. Oh no, you're making you've been making me put all this extra effort. And in the same way that caring about the environment is always, you know, has always been this kind of like has taken some extra effort. So if people are suddenly told that they don't have to care about not looking racist anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, my Uh, God. I don't have to uh, uh, worry about... (laughs) I found a thing that lets me just be myself. No, it's not... Let's, for each of our, well, for our causes at the moment that we've got, let's think about who we want to care. And it's easy to say everyone, but, like, how do you get it to be everyone? Um, how Who do you most need to care about the environment? I think those investors, those people that have the capital, yeah. are probably at the top of that list.
1: I need the people with the most power.
0: Yeah, And for anything, you kind of need the people with the most power, don't you? Although when we talked about, yeah, sort of doing done good, but as a league table for the super rich and, like, comparing their tax contributions slash philanthropy um, to each other, like, get the most powerful people to care about the thing, it's either got to be the most powerful people or it's got to be a significant chunk of the population that don't have power. It's
1: either commuting... It's either cumulative Mm -hmm. power or power in individuals. And then you've got this problem of with the cumulative, you're trying to persuade many people to act. And with the few people with the higher, in fact, you're probably trying to persuade more people to do less than you would be asking of the few more powerful. Right. So you've got this like weird, I, I was trying to draw like a diagram where you've got like a few people that have lots of power, but are harder to persuade because you need them to do more and yeah they need
0: to do a big thing they need to make a big change
1: or you've got like asking lots and lots of people to just eat less meat Yeah, <laughs> you know and you know there, there is a so it's kind of a that might be an easier to win argument than listen five rich men that invited Douglas Rushkoff to their to their secret event Mm. to say how will we control our guards when our money no longer matters (laughs) (laughs) I'm amazed that that actually happened Uh, I've seen a version of that where he talked about the fact that they suggested putting like behavior collars like you would on a dog would it work if we electrocute our guards (laughs) Jesus. Um,
0: well it's about yeah how no. do you protect your power like sorry like yeah and at a certain point it's it's actually about mobilizing the individuals to you know unionizing everyone to force those people with power to change. So if probably the act of getting a lot of individuals to change their behavior Sometimes, if it's a revolution type situation, is the way that you persuade slash overthrow the person in power. But sometimes the danger is that by making climate change the problem of individuals, industry is like you've got to target the industry. You can't really it's like plastic bags only does so much and very diminishing returns when you are just asking individuals to make slight course corrections on their behaviour.
1: In a world where money still counts and therefore the acquisition of it still counts, as the consumers, the people who who, who are giving their debt for their gain, who are accumulating debt in order to feed this economy, Mm. um, those people have power to go, I'm I'm not going to buy that I don't want it. There is power in that. So you, but you've got to kind of, it's, it's like, but, but by persuading all of us to eat less meat, we are not asking those powerful people to do anything, which is wrong. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's not, yeah. that's not cool. Uh, it doesn't matter. Given the nature of the problem, we kind of need to those, us, the masses kind of need to do the eat less meat and persuade the powerful to do more. Can't really just do one of them. Do you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's also a a quality of information thing here. Like, I think if you could just see the connections between your dinner table, your bacon and eggs for breakfast, and the grotesque conditions under which bacon is manufactured, pigs are just it's well it's, i saw the one in the us on the adam ruins everything <laughs> like last week and he's you know it's just corn this corn machine it's it's so disturbing Disgusting. to see how they kind of create these these this monstrous just the waste that is created and the just it's 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 horrible um i wish i could articulate it more clearly but just being able to show people I think the quality of information, being able to explain, being able to make people see what's the bigger picture, what's going on in the face of this misinformation warfare culture, this this state that we're in where there's bad faith information being put out into the world that is swamping the good quality information. So I really think like a David McCandless infographic showing that a giant square showing the amount of money that's been spent in Iraq versus you know education NHS just one image can absolutely explain everything but how do you get that through the sea and this wash of misleading, bad faith misinformation that we are more and more being swamped and that's all being and not just misinformation also just the way that Something like Facebook is all geared around being able to predict our behavior and in the process sort of like is motivated to try and keep our behavior consistent by kind of maintaining us in a certain like they want us to be predictable that's their kind of goal that does isn't really compatible with the idea of giving us the like google we're going to organize the world's information they're not doing that anymore they're optimizing us for. Like ad revenue for being able to extract growth from us, from being able to extract value from us, from our labour. The environment that we're in, technologically, sort of consciously, informationally, is it's so hard for the actual information to break through that in the face of fucking cat memes
1: yeah well I take I'll tell you a story that my so my local butcher is called mr. Archer Mm. and he sells only organic meat and has done so since the 80s and when he first made that change he said that he lost money every week he's Mm. because it's like the third generation butcher he is Mm. he said until they started showing cows falling over in fields when the mad cow disease thing happened and he said he suddenly started making money But it was like so he'd made a decision to do something that he knew was better for the world. Better quality meat, better da. And then he but it took those pictures to make p- other people care. Yeah. But that was on the news and the news was believable. A centralized <laughs> real. thing. Like it was the know, TV like,
0: age. And now we're not in that. We're in the that was a gr- more collective age. And now we're yeah. in this individualized age of bubbles and
1: well you know you know my daughter's best friend they don't really even watch the same programs on CBeebies because they self-select through the iPlayer right you know like there's overlap but Mm. there's whatever whoever's attention got drawn to different things there's no like you have to sit there for two you know whatever two hours after school not like I did that Mm. on a Saturday but anyway there's not this you have to sit there for an hour watching the programs change in front of you and some of them you like and some of them you don't you just have to you just go i don't like that i want to binge watch bing hmm. i think before to get humans to care about anything you've got to get them to care about each other we're t- we're kind of disjointed how do you do you want know I mean? to like
0: do we, we need I'm, to... and i'm sure if you asked someone if they cared about each other i'm sure they'd be very quick to say that they do but In practice, how much do we, how much attention do we give to? I think there's different types of people that have different amounts of attention for different, like you get these different personalities, don't you? Some people are very, you know, people pleasing, like they just will sacrifice their own well being to help other people. And then they'll kind of, you'll be a bit frustrated for them because they're not like looking out for themselves. And then conversely, you get, you know, people psychopaths are, uh, incapable of considering anyone else's perspective mm. yeah but so <sighs> anti-refugee climate campaign i reckon would work <laughs> for really bad reasons Yep, yeah <laughs> this is a whole and justify the meeting. like that would
1: not pass the ethics committee
0: no nope. <laughs> don't like refugees <laughs> don't take a carrier bag
1: Better protect the environment (laughs) then. Keep keep them where they are now. Oh, dear.
0: To get people to care about your thing, you've got to key into things that they already care about, haven't you? Yeah, you really do. Finding out what they care about. I suppose... This is where you know I'm completely at my depth, and your user research expertise is really like you know asking people, finding out what people care about, in order to then connect what you care about with their things. is probably the answer.
1: I, I, yeah, I think that's the. I think the only, I think that is the answer. And in terms of who you can influence it's those people that already care about something. <laughs> I know everyone cares about something, but then you know how you talk about the fact that when people are you know, saying nasty things on the internet, really the best response is, why are you sad? How can I help you? Mm. And I think the finding out what people care about, tapping into that is a much more positive thing than tapping into their anger, <laughs> well, which yeah. is probably more easily done.
0: Mm.
1: angry about refugees, fight climate change. I think those are the two ways, and the way I would choose would be the caring bit rather than the angry bit.
0: And let's face it, the referendum, the EU referendum, there was, what, 49% of the population wasn't doing it out of anger. I mean, I did it out of anger that I was having to do David Cameron's job <laughs> uh, that day. Apparently. <laughs> but I- yes,
1: The the... That is an important thing to remember, that 49% of the population are not angry.
0: They weren't then. (laughs) That said, my ideal thing for Blank State would be to get it on the cover of the Daily Mail, not in a look at this rubbish in a blank state exposes hypocrisy at heart of democracy. Get angry about it, Daily Mail readers.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a very interesting question. But they pedal in anger. That's the problem. They don't pedal in caring. They couch caring. They pretend it's about caring, but it's really, it's all about anger. Get angry about this thing. Get angry about that thing. Get angry about this other thing. Get angry. Get angry. Get angry. Fuck, stop making people angry.
0: We're angry. You've just got to get angry at the right thing, surely. Otherwise, how else do you how
1: else do you act? Yeah, but we just had a whole episode about how to maintain enthusiasm and we didn't mention anger once. Oh, that's true. I just want to stay, getting
0: better every day, and I don't have to be afraid when I'm with you. I'm sorry I'm so crazy, I'm so happy that you stayed up to You love me like I love you Thanks for listening. Uh, If you like the podcast, come to grandpodcast.com. You can email us, hello at grandpodcast.com, with some encouragement or some, you know, just, you know, send us some love since we don't get likes or anything like that. Um, Where can people find you, Ivanka? You
1: can find me at Ivanka on
0: Twitter. Uh, You can find me at michaelforestmusic.com.
1: Because Michael makes all the music that goes into this podcast. Mm. So please go over to his website and have a listen to more of it. It's just mostly nerdy video videos Stop about explaining. how to
0: do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this means I can, like, have the other side of the conversation that's going in, in, on in my head when I'm saying it. Like, it's making me say it with less enthusiasm. Come to blankstate.org and donegood.app.
1: Go, get, make sure you listen to my, my trump anniversary monologue, because I know that was two weeks ago but the more numbers I get I get the better I'll feel <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's in this podcast so if you subscribe to the podcast it'll come through I think
1: and it's only four minutes, it's four, only minutes. four minutes
0: it's just like as a thing if I could have done one if I could have found an hour to help you I would have done some music for you but maybe next time
1: we'll do that for the second edition mm, you know your blank state edition. thing just as a side I think quarterly for a big idea is enough or even mm. two a year yeah you know yeah. and then you spend the rest of the time cooking it it's the same yeah. with the anniversary it's like my sister said today like you've nothing to lose by putting something out every year on the trumpiversary at all it's just mm. a random excuse to yourself like a random timer <laughs> So mm. my friend Reese, when he shared the video, he goes, two years ago, my friend got tweeted by Trump. She used her 30 seconds on the world stage to challenge the odious orange so- sociopath on climate change. On this anniversary, she has this message. Please take a few minutes to watch and share her video. It shouldn't just be odious orange sociopaths that get attention. <laughs> mm.
0: There you go. But thanks for listening. Bye. 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 bye.